Saying no is something I know many of you struggle with and something I struggle with myself from time to time. Whether it's saying no to work for doing more overtime, saying no to a social outing that you feel obliged to go to, or saying no to a family event, something I can personally resonate with a lot coming from a big Italian family that always seems to be an event on. Whatever it is that you struggle saying no to, Today, I want to unveil three truths that really help me start to embody the mindset required to start to say no, not only once, but over and over again, so that by the end of this episode, you can walk away equipped with these new mindset shifts that will help you start to say no, but more importantly, what that represents, which is protecting your time and prioritizing what it is that you actually want. This is so critical and very underspoken when it comes to our sense of balance, because it's one thing to know what you need to feel balanced, to know the things that you should and need to be doing. But if you can't protect or prioritize them, then they're nothing more than these concepts in our head and they never integrate into our lifestyle and a way of being. Dear Balancer, I know you're a determined person on the lookout for ways to live a more fulfilling and balanced life, but you're busy. And if we're being honest, that busyness often comes at the expense of your priorities. The Balance Theory podcast is made to teach busy bees just like you how to find and own your own definition of balance so that you can become unapologetic in how you choose to spend your time. I'm your host, Erica, and together let's find your unique balance. Hey Balancers and welcome to another episode of the Balance Theory Podcast. Today's topic is something that has come up over and over again, not only in conversations with you guys, whether it be on Instagram or via email, but also in a lot of the surveys you guys have partaken in, a lot of the comments I read online too. And that is this idea that it's really hard to say no. And we hear it, we know how important it is, but the practicality of actually doing it is a whole other ballgame. And to be honest, it's something I feel I've only really mastered recently. And because it's so game-changing, what I feel I've really started to embody and understand about the concept of saying no and what's required or what goes behind it, I felt it deserved a whole episode to do a deep dive. And, and that really comes down to the mindset shifts you need to say no. So it's not even about how do you actually do it? Like, what do I say? How am I supposed to feel? It's the mindset shifts, the things you need to start thinking about what that represents that makes the world of a difference, that takes away that guilty feeling of feeling bad for saying no to things. So on the topic of guilt, I'm just going to dive straight in. I feel that one of the hardest reasons to say no is because of this all-consuming guilt. Sometimes it just feels less heavy to say yes. You don't feel as bad by just saying yes, even if you don't want to go or don't want to do that thing. Sometimes it feels like it's even nicer, the more polite thing to do, right? I feel you and I've been here, but I want to unpack this one together. I'm going to use the example of a social setting. So say you really need to have a quiet weekend. You've had a crazy week and you just want to chill and then your friends invite you out. You feel bad saying no to people. Maybe you have people pleasing tendencies and so you say yes. And this is where the first mindset shift comes in. Saying yes to somebody else is saying no to ourselves. So if you're foregoing or compromising saying no to somebody else, the flip of that is you're saying no to yourself. If you have a situation that you would rather not attend, rather not go to, but you're saying yes because it's an easy option, you need to understand that you're saying no to yourself. And that, firstly, means that you're putting your priorities second 
for the sake of somebody else's. And secondly, as I briefly mentioned, you're falling into that people pleasing sequence, which is a whole nother conversation, but we'll just leave it at that for now. So if we back it up, saying yes to somebody else is essentially saying no to ourselves. This desire to please others, to not ruffle any feathers, to not come across as rude, trips us into actually not pleasing ourselves, not prioritizing what we want, and in fact, prioritizing other people's needs. Just think about that for a moment. We really need to get real with ourselves on this one. Missing an event, sure, it might make someone upset that you haven't attended. It's not going to make the whole event fall apart unless you've organized the thing. But ultimately, they're probably still going to go to whatever that planned weekend, day thing, brunch, dinner, whatever it is. They're probably still going to go even if you're not there, right? So really, when we zoom out and put this into context, we are putting our needs second. We're not prioritizing something that we want, which is a quiet weekend so that we can satisfy someone else's needs or what we think they are anyway of us being there. When in reality, they're probably going to go to the event and enjoy it anyway. Right? So it's almost like a wasted sacrifice, us pushing aside our own needs for something that really doesn't impact other people that much. Like, let's be honest. It really doesn't impact other people as much as what we make it out in our heads. People get over things, you know, let's just reverse it. So say you've organized a dinner with your closest group of friends and one of them bails. You're still going to go to the dinner and enjoy yourself anyway, right? The idea of that person foregoing what they need, their need of a silent weekend, just time to themselves for the idea of them not wanting to hurt your feelings or to come just for the sake of not coming across as rude seems a bit ridiculous when we reverse it, right? And in doing this exercise, we can actually see how much value we place on what we think other people think or want from a situation when in reality, I think it's so inflated and exaggerated from the truth. The irony in this whole thing is, is that we act off what we think other people want, but we can never know that to the full degree. What we can know is what we actually want and need, but that's not something we always prioritize or give as much value as what we should. And so the choice is ultimately yours. It's ours. It's within us. Another good reversal, I guess, uh, role play situation here, because sometimes it's a little bit harder when it's like a one-on-one catch up or event that you really would rather not attend as opposed to it being in a group. That's a bit easier. Obviously there's other people to buffer around you not being there, but say it's a one-on-one situation. You might feel that pressure because obviously if you don't go, it's straight up not happening. But let's just reverse it. Say you've organized something with a friend and then they call you and they say, look, I've had a crazy week. I really, really just need some time to myself. I need some downtime this weekend and I'm really sorry, but I'm not going to be able to make it tonight. How would you respond? Would you get defensive and think that they were being really rude? Or would you actually have some respect and be like proud that they are able to defend their priorities and their needs to that degree? Would you actually be in awe of their strong boundaries? Because this actually happened to me. A girlfriend of mine canceled on me before I left to go overseas. And I could have sat there and been dramatic and been like, well, you know, I'm moving overseas. How could you not spend this one dinner with me? It wasn't a one-on-one. It was a group thing. And we had spent a lot of other time together. But she was comfortable enough with me and knew I would understand and respect her boundaries to pull the plug and say that in that moment, she knew she needed alone time more than what she needed to spend time with me. And that's not something I took personally at all. I was actually so proud of her for defending her boundaries in such a defiant way to a point where, you know, she probably did really want to come, but she was strong enough to say, I know I need this more. And often the person responding acts so differently to what we think they would say. Like we think that they're going to be rude or really upset, but often it's just like, oh, okay, like that's a shame, but like whatever type thing. 
And to be honest, if you have people in your life that you feel you need to walk on eggshells around, that you feel nervous even before you send a message to cancel or reschedule, like you're already stressing about their response before you communicate with them, I think you need to think about what, if anything, is that relationship giving you? Because I've had that kind of friendship in the past and having people in your circle that cannot understand your boundaries, that cannot respect them is a huge deal breaker. It's something that actually makes it harder for you to stick to. The reality is with someone like that, that you need to walk on eggshells around, you can never put yourself first because it was one of those situations where I actually felt bad for doing it. And so friendships like that for me, I just can't support. I can't sustain in my life because of the drain and pull it has on my self-growth and my personal relationship with myself. So if you're listening and this is resonating and you have relationships like that, it's something to definitely think about as a contributor to maybe the lack of ease in which you can say no to these type of people, because it definitely makes a huge difference. And it also goes to show how important the people in our circle are too, right? If you have those people in your life that on the flip get you, they respect your boundaries, then you are blessed and keep those people close to you. In fact, maybe even send them this episode just to let them know how much you appreciate them. Because I feel when we have a group of people that all know what you're working towards and you know that, you know, your girlfriend's trying to say no, you you end up being a support and a champion for her. You'll start to call her out when she doesn't and vice versa. And it becomes this really nice like accountability pact. So if you have those people who are open to that kind of conversation, who you know will support you and and help you actually achieve the state in which you feel comfortable prioritizing yourself over other people, then share this with them, share this knowledge with them and grow together. I think it's such a beautiful way to bolster a friendship. And this means if you want this level of respect from your friends, you also need to offer it to them too. And that also means understanding when people cancel. I'm not talking about those people who are notorious for just canceling invites last minute, etc. but genuine when they cancel and need time for themselves, you know, honoring that for them too. Okay. So I just went like on a bit of a tangent. So we just spoke about guilt, right? And how guilt can often be a reason that we don't say no. The big mindset shift there is understanding that when we don't say no to something and instead we say yes, the byproduct is we're saying no to ourselves. And the bottom line is sometimes that's our own fault. We don't have the strength to stand in our own. And having that mindset shift of us saying no to ourselves in sacrifice for somebody else, what we think they want, is often a really powerful way to actually step into prioritizing our own needs. But a second point on that is that sometimes it actually is the group around us that makes that easier or more difficult to actually practice. So be mindful of the people in your circle and just have a think about the types of relationships you have and whether that's something that would be honored in your group, whether it's something you feel comfortable prioritizing. But once you embody that mindset shift of saying no to other people is actually saying yes to yourself, everything changed for me and it will change for you too. So just ponder on that, think about it. Um, And remind yourself of it every time you get that little tug inside where you're like, I really don't want to do this thing. Remind yourself, well, if you do do that thing or if you commit, you're saying no to yourself. And just sit with that. See how you... One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at UH1.com. 
The next mindset shift is also grounded in another reason I think we really struggle to say no. So what I've tried to do is piggyback all of these mindset shifts off real practical reasons as to why it's hard to say no. The first one was guilt. The second one is all about FOMO or the fear of missing out. This crippling need to be involved everything sometimes feels like our life depends on it, right? Like our attendance at every event is non-negotiable. You, my friend, need to chill out and practice a little bit more mindfulness. It's about encompassing being in the now as opposed to where you could be or should be or want to be tomorrow, next week, next month. You don't need to be anywhere except exactly where you want to be. It relates really well to the first point we were speaking about understanding and connecting with what you want and making that a priority. And I think for me, a biggest sign of FONO is that nervous energy, that feeling that like, You kind of have to be attached and like included in everything, even if you don't really want to. It's just like this sense that you must. A genuine want to participate is fine, but distinguish that in your mind from FOMO. I mean, I'm sure you guys all know what I'm talking about. It's like everyone else is doing it. So you feel like you want to jump on the bandwagon too. If you don't learn to distinguish between the two, so a genuine want to participate in something. And of course, just because everyone's doing it doesn't mean it's FOMO. But you need to distinguish when it's like genuinely wanting to do something or just doing it because you feel like you'll miss out if you don't. And if you don't get clear on that distinction, you'll be letting FOMO drive you. And that's what will be saying yes. And as long as FOMO is in the driver's seat, it's literally impossible to say no. So step one is just becoming aware of when, you know, maybe you want to commit to something. Just asking yourself, do I actually want to do this? Maybe you want to sit on it for a few days. It's kind of like whenever you act on impulse and later on you're like, oh, I don't really know if I wanted that, especially with like shopping, when you buy things and you get home and like, if I had just sat on that, I probably would have realized I didn't want it. Same kind of thing. If you're unsure if it's FOMO or genuine, maybe just sit on it for a few days if you can. And I guess your mind and true decisional nature will really come to fruition. It's just about bringing that mindfulness or a little bit of pause before you make a decision rather than acting on that impulse. Because sometimes that impulse, sure, is reflective of something we actually want, but sometimes it's also FOMO. So giving yourself that little bit of space to just work it out is essential if you want to start saying no genuinely to things that don't serve you or that you really just don't need. With all of these mindset shifts, by the way, you're going to need to just be very gentle with yourself and take time to practice them. It may not happen the first time. It may happen, uh, but it'll be a process of really just strengthening those foundations and those blocks, like practicing mindfulness before you make an impulse decision. You might forget. So you've got to be just extremely self-aware and resilient and just keep on practicing it until you feel like you can confidently be like, I'm actually only going to say yes to the things that feel like a priority or something I genuinely want. So that's the second point all on FOMO. There's a third piece to this, which I think can often get confused within the first two or hidden within the first two, but I really just want to draw it out as a third step. So it's scenarios where you don't actually feel guilty for saying no. You don't necessarily have FOMO either. It comes down to this idea of being an opportunist. You don't want to say no because you don't want to miss out on opportunities. It's similar to FOMO in its nature, but I think it's really grounded in this place of lack being the antithesis to abundance. If you are in a state of abundance as being on the opposite side of the spectrum, you know that opportunities, relationships, monies, job offers, etc., are plentiful. And so you don't feel like you need to take up the first thing that comes your way. 
because you know that there are plenty of opportunities or plenty of fish in the sea, as they say. The problem is when we aren't tapped into this essence of abundance, we're in a state of fear and lack. And that's what ends up driving our decisions. We feel that we should take advantage of every opportunity because we don't know when the next one will come. We psych ourselves into doing things, which can really be guilt and FOMO wrapped in one too, because we don't know if we'll get the opportunity again. Now, this is different to a feeling of discomfort. And when I say discomfort, I mean that uncomfortableness with any new opportunity. So sometimes when we try new things, we have that fear of the unknown before we get started. It's, you know, it's uncomfortable. Okay, you want to park that for a sec. This is a fear feeling that you're never going to get the opportunity again. To this situation, again, the solution is to create some space to understand what it is that you actually want. Are you just networking or going on that date or taking that job because you've got no other options or you think, key, you think you have no other options and so you're just saying yes to things out of that fear of not having anything else? Or are you genuinely excited about it? Because I promise you, and you better believe it yourself, there will be another potential date, job interview, house that you can rent or buy there will always be another opportunity. So don't fall into the trap of saying yes to things just because you think that's the that's it. If you're not fully and completely satisfied within yourself, don't block yourself and settle for what's in front of you because simultaneously you're denying yourself of the potential that's ahead of the other opportunity that's probably around the corner too. So learning to say no to things is actually a little bit of a hack and reverse engineer to being in a state of abundance, of knowing that, you know what, This opportunity is actually not ticking all my boxes or it's not the thing I'm looking for. And instead of just saying yes, because I'm fearful that I'm not going to be in this position again, I'm going to actually say no, because I know that there is plentiful options. There are more things coming my way. Embodying this not only makes saying no easier, but it completely shifts you into a state of abundance, which has so many incredible ripple effects on other areas of your life too. Now, I don't want to leave you guys hanging. When I say you need to create space, so a lot of these different uh, mindset shifts require you to create a little bit of intentional space before making a decision or committing to something. But often that seems a bit random, right? Like, how do we actually do that? You guys know I love making things super, super practical. So that's what this next little last segment is going to be all about. And what I'm about to share can be applied to all three states of those mindsets, so guilt, FOMO, and a lack of abundance. It's so simple. You need to get clear on what you want and what serves you. Situation specific, right? So in that moment or in that scenario, if you can think of one that comes up regularly or bookmark this, learn it and and use it for when that scenario comes up again in the future, just stop and ask yourself, literally like, I don't know if your mom ever used to tell you this. My mom used to tell me this all the time, count to 10. Use that countdown, that space, that actual moment of pause to ask yourself, do I actually want this? Yes or no? That's it. Even if you think about like, if I was to engage in this situation, how does that make me feel? Is it positive emotions you get or are you already dreading it before you get there? And you can feel it's more that guilt and FOMO kicking in or maybe even the lack of abundance. I want you to make a mental note of this and pledge to yourself to create these moments of pause before you commit or say yes to things. Now, of course, there's going to be situations where you're face to face in person and it's a little bit awkward. You can't just stand there and be silent, right? I can fully appreciate that. 
You can deflect situations like that by saying things like, that sounds amazing. I need to check my calendar or I need to just have a chat to my fiance about it, whatever. Come up with something that you can deflect the situation so you don't get caught out saying yes. Always leave them on like, that sounds incredible. I'd love to. Let me get back to you type thing. Like pretend you have a physical calendar if you need to check when you get home, even if you don't, just so you can give yourself that space when you can't physically do that in the moment, if that makes sense. So these three mindset shifts have been absolutely pivotal for me to start embodying and saying no to protect what I want and need. Uh, You might feel only one or two are the real culprits for you. Maybe it's just guilt. Maybe it's just FOMO. Maybe it's both or all three at different times. Uh, But I feel in one way or another, we, we we definitely feel each of them. Understanding why it's so hard to say no is necessary to working around it like we have today on the show. We can't just implement solutions without understanding the root problem because then it's going to stay a problem. We never really get to the crux of what the issue is. I hope you feel equipped to go forward and hit your FOMO or your guilt or your lack of abundance on the head and start prioritizing what it is that you actually want. Start using saying no as a tool to strengthen your own connection with yourself. And really embodying these mindset shifts have helped me step into that state and has made the whole concept of it a lot easier to actually do in practice. Guys, let me know if this episode has helped you out. I'd love it if you could share it on your stories, on Instagram, on TikTok, wherever you guys circulate or share what you guys have been listening to. Uh, It would really help us reach new balances. Of course, sending this on to a friend or family member that will also benefit is most welcomed and knowledge is great when we hear it, but it's even better when we share it. Today's episode has been really important to underpin our sense of balance because knowing what our balance is, is one thing, but actually protecting it and enforcing it is another. And this is a huge step to making it possible, being able to confidently say yes to ourselves and reframing that as helping us say no to others. So I'll leave you with that as a parting thought. I'll see you guys all on Monday for another guest episode. And until then, stay balanced.